Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey folks, welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 137 for November the 9th, 2018. I'm your host Jack, and once again I'll be guiding you into, through, and back out of the worlds of systems administration, network administration, and all fields of IT. Please check out our website at tipsfromtheserverroom.com where you can comment on these shows. And also get the very best Windows Server 2012 education, you can check out jtclearning.com. Sign up right now and you'll begin learning right away. Folks, I know it's been a while since we've talked and a lot of you have been emailing me and saying, where did the tips from the server room go? Did it pod fade? Uh, And you know, that is something that does happen. Um, but it was really just the opposite of that. I've been working at a, uh, a new location and I took on a new role and it has been extremely, extremely stressful and very overwhelming. But, you know, I'm, I'm gathering all the information I need to gather and I think that's a part of this, uh, this field is there's so many variations of our job out there and it's just amazing to me how many different variations there could be. I came from a technology director role uh, where I was the director for uh, 13 years. I moved into another school district. I was the director for two years, but I'm working for an outsourcing company where a lot of you might, might have known or might have heard me talk about that. And the contract ended at that particular school. So I was asked by the company if I would move to another location. And after checking the drive time, I said, yeah, sure, that looks like a good location. But I took on a different role. Uh, I'm not the technology director at this particular school anymore. I am now the software analyst uh, for the school district. And as well as some break-fix stuff they have me doing, which is, uh, you know, uh, a little different form of our field. But it is good to get back to your grassroots. So tonight, as I'm sure this show uh, probably told you in the title there, we are going to be talking a little bit about GPOs. I've been working a lot with GPOs in this new role, and I wanted to share that information with you. And remember, you can go to my YouTube channel. It is 42 Technoman. 42, the number 42, T-E-C-H-N-O-M-A-N. And I will post this video up there. I wasn't going to do any more videos with this podcast. I was just going to do a straight podcast. You can listen to me in your car, babbling on and talking to you and uh, bringing up some great new tips and tricks of the server world, uh, as well as uh, just being a uh, a computer person in general. Um, you know, I try not to gear these shows based around you know, we're not gearing this show based around the fact that you know um, you are already a systems administrator. You've been doing this for years, you know. But maybe you can still pick up some tips. Um, I often say that I'm gearing this show towards uh, you know uh, 
kind of the accidental techie out there that's never really did our job. But I think the show in general, um, this particular podcast and these videos can't help. It definitely can help you uh, elaborate a little bit and learn more about our craft. And I think that's a big thing about running servers, network switches, and what have you. You know, it's, it's not an easy task. Um, my new job as a software analyst, I was uh, thrown into it. And uh, there was a young lady that worked there and gave me about, eh, you know, a couple weeks of maybe a week or a half about of training uh, as far as their systems, um, which if you work in school districts, all the systems are pretty much the same. They just have little different uh, outtakes of how you run them, uh, like student information systems, uh, busing programs. I also run uh, lunch programs um, and every single software uh, piece in the entire school district I am running and I'm responsible for. And that would be things like um, like CAD software, which is, you know, I've done this for years. And when I first walked into the school and they talk, started talking about the, they're having trouble with the CAD licensing server, they don't quite understand uh, the CAD and how it's licensed and how it activates to the server. And I said, well, I've done that for years and I'm sure I can help you there. And uh, I successfully set that up in about a week. You know, uh, I was able to set it up and get everything loaded with the new version of uh, 2019 um, AutoCAD, uh, as well as uh, some of the other stuff like Inventor and some of the stuff that the CAD classrooms use. So, yes, you can mold yourself around. And I would suggest if you're in this business, you know, always keep your options open. Um, many times I'm offered positions or I'm offered uh you know, uh, contract work in different places where they need some help and allow yourself to be able to get in there, but don't ever overstep that bound. Don't step in and say, look, I can, um, you know, um, I can cluster your servers and you've never built a cluster before. You know, you're going to look a little silly when you get stuck and you don't know what to do next. So be very careful what jobs you accept and be careful of what roles you accept. Make sure that you can fulfill those shoes before you walk into that job. So, and I know we all need to work and we all look for jobs all the time and we're all looking for, you know, some way to make money in this field, but be very careful of what bounds or what shoes you step into. Now, with that said, tonight on this particular video, you do not see my face, obviously. All you're looking at right now is a Windows server. It's actually a server 2016 I have spun up here. And uh, the reason that is we're going to talk first of all tonight about GPOs. Now, we've been doing a lot of group policy management, and this particular week, it was really interesting because uh, we had a lot of problems with our computers logging off, and um, it was just to the point where they didn't know uh, what was going on with these with these uh, computers. Why were they taking 30 or 40 minutes to log off? And if you have a 40-minute class, so when the kids come in and the computer's still logging off for the last group of kids that left, and it's taken 30 minutes... Out of a 40-minute class, you see the dilemma. So I sat down and I started looking and I said, look, um, you know, a while ago I took a systems administration course and I found some great ways uh, that we can actually um, be able to uh, run these commands and see what is running on that particular computer. So with that said, we're going to look at this uh, server and we're going to show you that command that I used to figure this out. I simply went, and hopefully this will load up here for me, uh, to a command prompt. 
And what I typed in this command prompt was very simple. If you type in result and you type in a forward slash capital H and then you type in result dot HTML and you hit enter, uh, it tells us it's not being able to run. Hmm. Well, let's see here. That's not good at all, is it? It's not a batch file. It can't run out of there. Let's see if we go back to the uh, root. And run that command again. Oh, can't be ran. Okay. Let's take a minute here. And we'll go back here and see if we can get the command here. Just to make sure. Um... down here and see because okay so that's why see if you have the wrong command so we're going to type in here gp group policy result and then we'll throw in the h and then we'll type in result HTML. And it's actually running to build a report. And that report is actually known as the RSOP. Okay. So now if we type in RES, hit the tab key, we can bring up this report. And it just comes up in one of your browsers. Whatever your default browser is, the report will come up in. Uh, of course, the computer is running a lot slower than I would wish. But here's what that report looks like. Now, this report will get you out of a lot of trouble uh, with your group policies. And when I pulled this report up on the one of the computers that was giving us the trouble, I started digging around a little bit, and I started sliding around this thing. And I was looking down here. All right. And it says applied GPOs and denied GPOs. All right. So under the applied GPOs is where we were looking. And we had a list of, of group policies that were firing against this computer. Well, <clears throat> I knew what I was looking for. I was looking for something that was happening when the computer was logging off. Um, and when I was looking for that, I was trying to decide what's happening when that computer is logging off. And, you know, I started digging around a little bit. And I found that there was a log off script running. Now, we know that the script can also be in the users, right? Let me see if I can get you into here. Um, we're going to look at uh, where we're at Active Directories and Users. And we know that in here, under Users, let's see if I have a user set up. I actually don't. Let me go into the Administrative User here. Uh, if we go to Properties... We know that under the, uh, I think it's, uh, let's find it here. Under the profile, um, we know we can have a log on script. But, you know, I started talking about, like, where is the log off script coming from? Well, it was coming from a GPO. And that's what we're looking for here is the GPOs being applied and denied GPOs of what's going on with that particular computer. And sure enough, I found it. And once I found that, I was able to go 
We'll just minimize this off our way, and we'll get rid of the command prompt. We don't need that. I was able to go to the GPOs and found out that one of the GPOs that were set up was called um, Log Off Web Filter. Now, that would be okay if we used the clients for our web filter, and the web filter happens to be, I think it's called iBoss. So the iBoss web filter was running, but we don't use the clients. So that, that log off script was trying to find that client to kill at the end of the session to log that user out of the uh, web filter, but it couldn't find it. So that was the hang-up. So all I had to do was go into GPOs then, locate that particular log off script, and I just deleted it. Once I deleted it, we did a uh, GP update uh, slash force, and the computer's updated, and the log offs now are absolutely perfect. Uh, the, the kid clicks start, log off, boom, they're logged off the computer. They can walk away from it. There's no more hanging. And the clients are absolutely ecstatic over that. So that is a big, big part of your GPOs. And it's a big part of being able to do that and work with that particular thing. But again, it is um, no more than not overstepping where you need to be. So if you're walking into a client or you're walking into your CEO's office and he goes, why is those computers doing that? And you're like, I'm sure it's a group policy somewhere. You know, don't blurt it out too fast until you go out there and actually be able to use those commands. And remember the command that we used um, to get this report. Oops. Bring us back up here. Where did I? Oh, there it is. To get this report was the GP result space forward slash capital H space. And, and it could be any name you want, really. I just use result.html. You can use, you know, gpo.html. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's actually just <clears throat> writing that to your own personal computer, and you can pull that up and you can look at these reports. But make sure you're able to use uh, some of the tools that we have out there. And that tool is just built right into uh, Windows. So it's on uh, at least every version of Windows 10 that I know of. So how do we build GPOs? Well, GPO is a group policy object, right? It's a way that we manage the workstations without having to touch every workstation. Uh, and you could do pretty much anything you could think of doing as far as mapping network drives, um, controlling the start button. We are getting ready now to hide the C drive deny access to the uh, Windows desktop so users can no longer write to the desktop. They'll have to write everything now to their OneDrive. And it's just a very nice way of doing things. I will suggest, and I used to do this, I used to write everything in this default uh, policy. So I used to go in my default policy and go to Edit. And in here, you will find out there's computer configurations and there's user configurations. So the way this basically works is either it's going to, A, when the computer fires up, it's going to pull the policies for the computer configurations, or when the user logs on, it's going to pull the policies for the user configuration. Now, what I used to do is I would go into something like policies. Uh, let's see if it's under Windows settings here. Windows settings. Let's open this up. Go under security settings. And we would go to something like uh, account policies, password policy. So what I would do before, um, you know, and, and you have to kind of lead yourself into this stuff. 
All right, so work yourself into this and learn from others. I think it's a great resource, uh, just like you're watching this video or you're listening to this podcast, is be able to uh, look at this and say, look, maybe your way is better than doing it my way. But I would build all my policies under one default policy. Very, very bad news. Very bad news. And the reason that's very, very bad news is that that first default domain policy gets pushed out to every single group, every single computer, and every single user in your domain. That's the idea of the default domain policy. So you're better off to actually build yourself some OUs and work out the OUs. So I built one here called security. So in security, I may do something like create a new GPO, uh, and I would give it a name based on what I want it to do. Um, I don't particularly have any plans here tonight of telling you what I want it to do. Um, let's do something like uh, last user. I use this one a lot. And what this one does is instead of our users sitting down, they see the last user is logged on the computer. This will make it so that when the computer comes back up, it asks for username and password, and that last user is not shown. So I would call it last user, and what I'm telling you is what I would do is with this policy – I would right-click on it, go to Edit, and let me see if I can remember where this is now. A lot of times, I mean, unless you have a really good memory, a lot of times what's going to happen is you're going to actually, you are going to actually um, have to Google what you want to do, you know, unless you have a good memory. Let's see if it's under Local Policy, Security Settings. So here is everything under local policy security options that we can do, okay, like uh, redirect CD-ROM access uh, to locally logged on users. But what we're going to look for here is to get rid of that policy. And since I do it all the time, I kind of know where that is. Let's see. Right here. Interactive login. Do not display last username. So if I double-click that, and if you don't know what it does, click on the Explain tab. Um, do not display the last user name. This security say determines whether the name of the last user to log into the machine is displayed in the Windows login screen. If this policy is enabled, the name of the last user to successfully log in is not displayed on the login screen. If it's disabled, the name of the last person is displayed. And I, all I do is I click on here and I enable it. And I click OK. And you can see it's enabled. Now, the reason I'm telling you this and the reason I'm showing you these videos, and like I said, I wasn't going to do a video tonight, but I think this is one where we have to uh, work and have a video for it. If this ever gives me problems um, under security settings here and last user, I can just go in and delete it. I can delete the policy. So once that's set, I'm not going to change anything else in that policy. I'm going to just close it. And then the only thing that is doing is taking away that uh, last or last logged in username. So if we wanted to do something else, you would click on it, right click, and maybe you're going to do a password policy. Huh, if I can spell password, password settings. In this way, if anybody ever comes along, they can come in here and they can see your password settings. So we're going to go here. Uh, it takes a little bit more work than going through 
and security settings. This is where I would come in and I would do my uh, account password policy. This is where I would do my password policies like enforce password history, um, password age, minimum password length. We always define this and we set ours to 8. Just like so. And you can see right there it's 8 characters. Uh, password must uh, complete Password must meet complexity requirements. So you got, you know, your capital letter, your uh, explanation points, you know, your special characters. And that is a nice way to do that right there. It's, it's really nice. The enforced password history, we do enable that. And that's saying, like, you can't use the same password. I usually set that to three. So as you can see here, three passwords remembered. So it's going to remember the last three passwords. So if they type in dog, dog, and dog, obviously it won't work because it needs eight characters and it can't remember the last three passwords. Password age, uh, the maximum password age, that means when's it, when is it going to expire? So a lot of people make it 42 days. We make our 60 and we can do that. Um, all right. So it is now 60 days, and your minimum password age is 30. So 30 and 60. Once you have that done, just close it. Now, if you ever have problems with this when you're applying this GPO, is you can always just go in and you can delete that. Or if you want to put people to a different security group or a different set of GPOs, you can just make new OUs and be able to do that and move those around. So that is why it's so important to use uh, organization, organizational units. And that's why it's also important to uh, break all of your GPOs out. Plus, another person coming into the network and sitting out that server can probably find and figure out what you did when they're having trouble. So it's nice uh, kind of trail to leave behind. If you have time, um, we like to document all this. And have everything nicely documented out in flowcharts to say like what, you know, uh, who has what policies and why they have those policies. And that seems to work out pretty well for us. So the next thing I'm going to talk to you about is looking at this server. We are going to go ahead and go into Active Directory and Users. Now, so many times, and in my class, if you go to jtclearning.com and you sign up for the... Uh, Right now, I'm sorry, I have a Windows uh, Server 2012 R2 course in there, but that's going to work for you across the board, across all the server uh, platforms, because they haven't changed that much over time. So if you sign up for that course, it's relatively inexpensive, and you know I think it's like $250, but you can get a lot of learning and a lot of understanding of all this server stuff that kind of maybe uh, tipping your brain a little bit, saying, wow, how do I manage all this stuff? But if we go in here in the OUs, a lot of people I see will put their users under this users folder. And they will keep putting users under there, putting them, putting them, putting them. But if you click on the users folder and go to new, and we go to something, uh, let's see here. Um, nope, that's not where I wanted to be. Let's go up here. So if we're going to go up here and go new, all right. And we are going to go organizational unit. And I don't like this protected thing because I can't delete them. And that's exactly what it's for is protect this container so it doesn't accidentally get deleted. Um, so if we did something like company users and we create that, 
That's going to give us an organizational unit of company users. Now, in here, what's nice is I can go to New, and we go Organizational Unit. Again, I'm going to uncheck this. I'm going to work in here, Finance. So these are all my financial folks are going to be in here. Go back here. We're going to create another organizational unit. This is when it's nice when you're starting to set up a, a server for somebody uh, that you get to actually control this. And that's not to say you can't go in there and rebuild it. We've rebuilt and I've rebuilt a lot of servers, a lot of messed up Active Directory uh, schemas. And it, it's it, they've been really messed, let me tell you. So in here, we're going to talk about uh, maybe uh, HR department. And the reason this is really nice is it allows us to move these users around as far as um, we also make one in here. Now, we are a school district, right? So we will have one in here called subs. And the reason we do that, I can, one, apply different, um, I can apply different GPOs to the subs. I can also make sure that my subs in this list, I can set their accounts up to expire maybe at the end of school. Um, so if you have a company coming in, maybe you need some temporary usernames for maybe an outside contractor, what have you. Uh, we could do something like contractors. And we can click uh, don't protect. And we can have contractors in there. So you could just keep building this out. Same goes with computers. So this computers is just one folder where you can have all of your computers in here. When they join the domain, this is where they go. But if we right-click and we go um, New, Organization Unit, uh, Company, Computers, so I can build something like that, Company Computers, and then I can go in here, New, Organization Unit, and then just work yourself back down. Work yourself back down to Organizational Units, uh, maybe HR, and you can build that same type of scheme uh, schema that this has, right? Uh, we can build a HR. Actually, it was called HR Department. So we can rename. And what's going to happen is you're going to keep these really nice and clean. So if we have to apply one of those GPOs to a certain organizational unit, we can do so now because we have everybody split up in here and it works a lot better. It's more control, it's better management, and it's just better overall organization of your Active Directory. And I think that is very huge when you're trying to organize uh, your computers and your groups. And it's just a better way to, to just manage the overall uh, server itself. So, you know, it's very clean and very, very easy. So anyway, um, I want to talk to you a little bit. Well, I guess that kind of takes over organizing your Active Directory to make sense of your entire company, and that's kind of what this does. If we had different sites, um, I've seen some people do stuff like this, new organizational unit. Um, maybe they would do um, uh, UK site because uh, – oh, wait. No, let's first do – you want to do that top level first, uh, company sites, and then we'll go in here, we'll go new, and maybe we'll go to the uh, UK site. All right. Uh, we go in here. So it doesn't matter how big your company is, you can still stay very organized. Um, maybe the USA site. 
And then we can start even, you know, drilling down into these a little bit more. And maybe you can do something like uh, new uh, organizational unit, uh, users. And maybe you can start drilling down your users in here. You can start drilling down also. So you get the general idea. I'm not going to, like, keep babbling on about this. Computers. So under the UK site, now we'll have all the users for that site and we'll have all the computers. If you, in fact, have all this different stuff for that site, you know, the finance, HR, subs, contractors, uh, developers, whatever you have, you can keep working them in there and clean it up very, very nicely. So that's just a great way to keep your company organized. And I think it's really, really a good idea. So, folks, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this uh, episode of Tips from the Server Room. And like I said, I'm sorry I haven't been around much, um, but taking on this new role has been very, very stressful and very uh, strenuous to my old brain. <laughs> and uh, being able to manage all that software and uh, get all this stuff in order. And I'm just now, after um, I've been there about mm, four, maybe five months, and I'm just now getting to the point where it's starting to level out um, with my database work so and uh, writing all my scripting that I got to write to uh, move this data around between like six different database uh, centers so um, but anyway it's coming together and that is the good thing folks if you would like to help out this podcast and I hope you do I mean it it's always good to help out we always need new equipment here uh, such as audio gear you know I'm looking at uh, maybe a new mixer uh, to bring some guests in, and I think that's very important uh, to get some other um, great minds, I guess, uh, to come into the show and help with my, you know, uh, marginal mind. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, if you go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, there is an Amazon link on there, and it is the holidays. Click on that whenever you're buying any gifts, anything, even computers for maybe your clients. A small portion of that comes back to the show, and it definitely helps us out. And you're still getting that same great value from Amazon. So, folks, I want to thank everybody for listening. And thanks for all the great emails I've been receiving uh, asking where the show went. Has it pod faded? Um, I think it uh, – let's call it pod paused. Uh, we paused the podcast for a little while. And uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see how many people uh, actually respond to this show and see how many views we get on YouTube on this video. And um, we'll see how that takes off it takes off you know we'll still work on some new shows for you uh, by all means drop me an email i would love to hear from you out there and um, you know you can always email tips from the server room at gmail.com and uh, let me know what you're thinking about the show let me know if you have any ideas for for future shows and i would be glad to put something together for you so thank you so much for listening and watching thanks for subscribing and downloading and i will talk to you next time Take care, everybody. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.